Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor, Aaron Begley, is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. Today we are wrapping up our series entitled Encounter that we've been in for the last several weeks. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at stories in the Bible where people have encountered the presence of God, where they've experienced the real and tangible presence of God and how that's changed them and what God did in those moments. Because what God wants for you is God wants you to experience his presence. Like he's not a God that is far off. He is a God that is close to us. And we've been saying in this series this, that God is not just to be understood but encounter. Like he doesn't want you just to have a head knowledge. He doesn't want you just to kind of go, okay, I know about God. I mean, if you talk to an atheist, they'll tell you they know about God. You talk to somebody that even that isn't a believer, they may say, hey, I know a lot about God. But what we want is we want people to encounter the presence of the living God. And this is what God wants for you, that he doesn't just want to be understood up here in your head and in your mind, but he wants you to experience the living true presence of God. And so if you haven't been here, we've been looking at different stories. The first week we looked at the story of Jacob and we looked at how Jacob wrestled with God. He encountered God. And we talked about how some of us are wrestling with our past. Some of us are wrestling with uh, secrets. And some of us are just wrestling with God. Like like you feel like God is calling you to do something and you're kind of like, oh, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? And we've just said in that, you know, stop wrestling with God. Maybe today for some of you, that's the very thing of being a small group leader. You've been wrestling with God, and it's like, stop wrestling, just respond to what God is calling you to. And then uh, last week, we looked at the story of Moses, and Moses had an identity crisis. Or two weeks ago, we looked at the story of Moses, and he had this burning bush encounter with God. And we really talked about the identity crisis that Moses had. I mean, like, he was like, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I'm fit to do this. He had all of these questions, and too often we take our cues from the world. And what we need to do is have an encounter with God where we see ourselves as God sees us. And who God's created us to be. We are his children and he has good things in store for us. Last week we looked at the story of Isaiah. And Isaiah was this individual um, that, I don't think my mic likes second service, okay? I had no problems with this in first service at all. So um, it may be, let's, let's hold off one more second. Let me just, how about you give me that mic and if it keeps popping, I will, I will switch over to it. So um, last week we looked at the story of Isaiah and I'm gonna try to seat this one more time. Before we get going, I apologize. Last week we looked at the story of Isaiah, and Isaiah had this encounter with God, and what we t- he was in a moment of discouragement, and we really said that God is close to the brokenhearted, that if you want to know how you can encounter God's presence, like if you're in a season that, man, you just are hurting and you're broken, God shows up in those moments. Like he wants to be present with you when you are brokenhearted. And today I want to share with you the very thing, maybe the best secret to have an encounter with God, the very thing that gets the attention of God more than anything thing else. Like if you want to get God moving in your life in a very dynamic, vibrant way, there's one specific thing that you can do to encounter his presence. And here it is. It's found in John 4 verse 23. This is Jesus talking. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, true worshipers. And so what we see inside of this, there can be false worshipers. And the Bible warns us against this. Do not be deceived. Some people get deceived thinking they're okay and and things 
things like that. And there was a lot of false worshipers in, in the time of Christ. But he says there's coming a time when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. And so that word spirit, we've talked about some of this, and is, that, is this word pneuma. And this word pneuma means breath. Um, it means energy. It means passion. And so Jesus says there's coming a time when true worshipers will worship the Father with all of their breath, with all of their passion, with all of their energy. Like this is, the, this is what God's looking for. True worshipers are going to give all of themselves to worshiping God in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshipers, look at what happens, that the Father seeks. Like God is looking for people. He's searching for people that worship him with everything inside of them, all of their passion, all of their energy, all of their might. That God is looking around the world for people who really want to have a relationship with him, who are seeking something from him. Look at the imagery in 2 Chronicles that kind of illustrates the same thing. It says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord, I love this imagery. That God is like, he's like peering down from heaven and his eyes are looking all around. And he's like, okay, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for someone whose hearts are fully committed to me. I'm looking for people who with everything inside of them are coming after me, who are seeking after me, who desire to worship me, to be in relationship with me. And he says, my eyes are looking all around. And I believe even like on a Sunday morning, God peers into churches across America and he's looking, he's going, hey, where are the people who want to worship me? Where are the people who want to arrange their life to kind of go, I'm going all in with you, God. And he says, those are the people that I am searching for. Those are the people that I'm looking for. And he says, when I find them, that's where my presence will be because that's where he likes to be. He loves to be in places and he loves to be with people who are saying, I'm giving my whole life to you, God. God, I'm giving every part of myself to you. God, I want everything that you have for me. And so here's the bottom line this morning, if you get nothing else, understand this. If you can't find God, if you've been searching for God and you can't find him and you're like, God, I, I need to experience your presence. Let me tell you what you need to do. Worship him and he'll find you because guess what? He's seeking people who worship him with all of his hearts. Like if you're going, man, I don't know about the presence of God. I've never experienced the presence of God. Begin to move your heart to a place of worship. And God says, I'll find you because I'm seeking out people who want to worship me. I'm seeking out people who worship and seek me out with all of their heart. He says, that's what I'm looking for. And he'll show up like never before when you worship the way that God wants you to worship. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says it this way. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. So where does it all start? With this recognition that God exists, that he is alive, that he is a living being, that he's not dead or in a tomb still somewhere, that he does exist. He's a live being. He's moving around this world and that he rewards those. Who does he reward? Those who earnestly seek him. Those who give every part of themselves. God says, I will reward you. I will show up. I will do things on your behalf that you can never imagine, but you've got to give your whole life to me. Here's the goal that I want you to understand today, church. Here's the goal I have for you and for your entire life is I want you to run hard after God. I want you to put everything into this relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to pursue him with all of your strength, all of your might, all of your soul. I want you to run after God. And when you do, I'm telling you, you will experience him in a way that you've never experienced 
experienced him before because you can have an encounter with the one true living God. God wants to meet you right where you are. And if you want God moving in your life, guess what you need to do? You need to worship him. You need to worship him. You need to arrange your life around this. And maybe some of you are sitting here and going, Aaron, didn't you preach on worship about four or five weeks ago? Yes, I did. But I'm telling you, there's something that God wants to cultivate in your hearts, in your life, and in this church through an atmosphere of worship. And so I'm pushing you. I'm saying, hey, go after it with everything inside of you. You see that word worship, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is this word um, translated in the Greek, proskuneo. And the word proskuneo means to kiss, but it doesn't mean like the kiss of a lover. It means like the kiss of a dog licking the master's hand. And the picture when he says, I'm looking for true worshipers, is he says, the picture I'm looking for is like that dog who comes to the door when the master walks in and they're so excited that they're jumping up on your leg and they're licking your hands and and they're doing circles around you. And then they come back and, and they're scratching your leg because they just want to be close to you. He says, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for true worshipers. I'm looking for people that get excited when they come into the house of the Lord. I'm looking for people who pour out their heart and their life to me each and every day. But the truth is, is instead of being like that dog that kisses the master's hands, a lot of you are a lot more like cats. And I don't like cats, okay? I'm not a cat lover. But what does a cat do? Like most cats, when you open the door, they don't come to the door, do they? Like sit in their spot. They come in and they're like, hey, you come to me. Like you wanna see me, you come here. And that's how we walk into the house of God sometimes. We're like, we come in and we, we fold our arms and like, okay, God, if you want to show up and you want to see me, then I'll, I'll be right here. But I'm not moving in your direction. I'm like a cat. And God says, no, no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who walk into the house of the Lord and they're like, man, they're like a dog. And they're like, man, I get to be in your presence. I mean, they're, they're climbing up. They're like, they're running circles around God and go, God, I'm just so excited to be in the house and into your presence. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for true worshipers. And when you earnestly seek God, I'm telling you, it will open up an encounter with God like you have never experienced before. One of our core values, one of the hills we stand on is this. We identify the significance of showing God genuine worship. Experiencing, and for this series, you could say encountering the greatness of his presence. That when we worship God, guess what? We get the opportunity to encounter his presence. That's what I want for us each and every week. That we walk into this place, we come into the house of the Lord, and we encounter the presence of God. It's what I want for your life every single day. That you wake up and you have the opportunity to encounter and experience his presence. Because guess what? You're pouring out your worship. You're giving all of yourself. You're giving every bit of passion and energy that you have and saying, God, here is my whole life. I'm going all in. But too many of us, we just kind of, we're like, you know, I'm just going to dip my toe in the water. I'm not going to go all in. I just, I'm just going to go a little bit with God. I, I, you know, I don't know about jumping all the way into this thing. Like I just, I just want to get a little bit wet. My, my son Landon is seven and uh, my father-in-law has a pool at his house. So we spend most of our summers over at the pool. And for the first couple of years until last year, um, he has a slide and a diving board and Landon would climb up the slide and he'd get to the top of the slide and then he would come right back down the ladder. And we would do this like song and dance like over and over and over again to the point where I was like, he's never gonna go down the slide. You know, I'm like, I was like, I'll go down with you. I mean, I was like, one day I was like, I'm just gonna push you down the slide. Let's see how this works, you know? But he would continue to do that. And finally last year he went up to the slide. He's like, dad, I'm going down the slide. And I'm like, you're not going down the slide. 
And he gets up to the top of the slide and he goes down the slide and he gets drenched in the water. I'm like, okay, how's this gonna work out? And he comes up out of it and he's like, dad, that was so awesome, man. That was the best experience. And then, you know, he gets out of the water. He's like, dad, now I'm going off the diving board. And he runs off the diving board. He jumps into the water and he immersed himself in the experience. And guess what? It opened up a whole new experience for him. Can I tell you something? That's what worship begins to do when we give our whole life to God. It's not just putting the little toe in the water. We're like, you know what, God, I'm jumping all in to this thing. And when you get serious and you go all in, I'm telling you, you will encounter the presence of God in areas of your life and in ways in your life that you never could have imagined, church. It's one of the most incredible things. And if we want an encounter with God, we've got to decide that we're going to go all in. We need to get passionate about worship. We need to get passionate about giving God every single part of our lives. We need these types of God encounters. We need to experience his presence in this way. And so throughout this series, each week, I've been giving you one story about people who have encountered the presence of God. But today I couldn't land on just one story. So I'm actually gonna give you three quick stories that we see people encounter the presence of God in worship where God begins to radically change the atmosphere around them. And I believe in your hearts and in your lives today that if you will pursue God with everything inside of you, that you can have an encounter with God that changes you forever. And at the conclusion, I just wanna give you three things that what does worship look like? So the first story is this. It's a story of an individual by the name of King Jehoshaphat. Now, if you're ever naming your kids a name, never put the word fat in their name, okay? Like that's just like a bad thing to start with. Um, and so this is a story about an individual by the name of King Jehoshaphat. And it's found in the second Chronicles, but let me give you some background. King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. He's kind of discouraged right now. Um, there is an army that is camped out around them. It is a large army and they feel like they're surrounded on all sides and that, they're, that there's no way they're gonna win this victory. There's no way they're gonna win this battle. And so King Jehoshaphat calls the people to prayer. He's like, okay, we need to pray about this thing because we are, this isn't looking good for us. And so he calls the people to prayer and, and look at what happens there. King Jehoshaphat's afraid, he's intimidated. And here's the story in 2 Chronicles. It says, then the spirit of the Lord came on Jezeel and these names are gonna be important. I'm going to talk to you about him here in a second. Jezeel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Madani, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly. And so look at what happens here. It says, the spirit of the Lord came not on Jehoshaphat, but on Jezeel. And the important thing about Jezeel to know is that Jezeel is a Levite. And what the Levites are is the Levites are the worshipers. So this is kind of like the worship team of Israel. These are the praise singers. And so Jezeel is out of the lineage of worship. And even one step further, they're the descendants of Asaph. And Asaph would have been the chief musician for David. And so when you read through the Psalms, David gets the credit for writing most of the book of Psalms. But if you look at some of the titles there, sometimes you'll see the name Asaph because this was David's chief musician. And so he was a worshiper. And so the spirit of the Lord didn't come on Jehoshaphat. It came on Jezeel because he is a worshiper. And then in verse 16, here's his, uh, it goes on in verse 15. He says, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judea and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours, but God's. 
The battle is not yours, but God's. And so God shows up to Jezeel, a worshiper, and the word that God gives him says, hey, the battle is not yours. Don't be discouraged. Don't be overwhelmed. The battle is not yours. It's God. Where does he get this type of passion? Where does he get this type of courage? Where does he get this type of confidence? I'm going to tell you where he gets it from. It's because he was a worshiper. In the middle of a difficult situation, the reason he could be so confident is because this individual knew how to worship God. He had an encounter with God. He had an experience with God. And he's looking at the same army the king is looking at and is overwhelmed and going, what are we going to do? And Jaziel goes, hey, I'm not worried about this because I'm a worshiper. I've experienced the presence and the greatness of my God. And I know that God can take care of this battle. Can I tell somebody here that's walked into this place today, you're fighting battles and you're doing them all on your own. You're trying to go to war against these things and you're trying to conquer them. And God would look at you today and say, man, just begin to worship me. Just get into my presence because guess what? You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be overwhelmed. The battle is not yours, but it's God. It goes on in 2 Chronicles. And now all of a sudden it says, early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa and they set out Jehoshaphat. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God. So now Jehoshaphat's demeanor has changed. He has courage. He has confidence. And you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. He goes on. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now look at this picture. Look at this picture. So all of a sudden they're surrounded by an army. The army on the other side, you know what they're doing? They're preparing their best warriors. They got their shotguns. They got their bows, their arrows, their spears. I mean, they are ready for battle. They are ready for war. Here's Jehoshaphat's plan. Look at the humor in this. Jehoshaphat's like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to get our our best warriors ready. We're going to get the worshipers. We're going to send the guys in the skinny jeans out to the battle lines first. I mean, they're going to go first. And they're like, okay, we're going to send you guys out. And here these guys are. They're like, okay, we're the worshipers. And they're, they're going out. And the other guys have got their spears. They got their bows. They got their arrows. And God says, okay, you we're going to send the worshipers first. And they left and they said, give thanks. They're out there singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And look what happens. Look what happens. He goes on. As they began to sing and praise, and praise the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were were defeated. They were defeated. This is how they fought their battle. They fought it through an atmosphere of worship. And can I tell you, the same will be true in your life if you discover this truth, that worship is powerful. It gets the attention of God. It will help you defeat your enemies and no matter what you are going through in life. I have a friend that's walked through a very difficult season of life. And when I sit and talk with them about how they overcome some of the obstacles that they're coming through, you know what I hear time and time again? They're like, there's only one thing that works when life is so overwhelming. I have to put some music on and have to get into the presence of God. And when I worship God, all of a sudden, all the fears, all the struggles begin to look a little bit smaller in sight because God begins to fight the battles for them. Can I tell you something? You need to get into an atmosphere of worship because in that atmosphere, you will find victory over 
over some of the struggles that you're going through. The second story that we see in the Bible is the story of an individual by the name of David. Now, most of you know him as King David, but at this point, he is not the king. Um, he is actually on the run, and he has a group of men, a small group that is kind of following with them, and they live in this little city called Ziglag. And uh, David and his men decide that they, they're, they're going off to face a battle, and as they leave home to go face this battle, another army comes behind them, and they destroy their city and take their wife and children off with them. They kidnap them. And here's the story. It says this, it goes on. It says, three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziglag. They had crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. So can you imagine? Here they are from a distance and all they see is smoke coming up from the city. Can you imagine driving down your street to go home and you see smoke coming out of your house? Can you imagine? You're like, going, oh, what is going on? They come and they find out that they had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. He goes on in verse three. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. Have you ever been at that place in your life? Have you ever been at a place where you're like, you know, I have no more strength to cry. I've shed every tear that I could possibly shed. Have you ever had a day like that when all of a sudden things don't go the way that you had planned, things kind of become, get a little overwhelming. You're like, what am I to do in this moment? That's where David's at. The Bible actually says that all of David's men are about ready to turn on him because they are so angry. It goes on in verse five, I believe, or six here. It says, David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about his about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David, where did he find his strength? He found strength in the Lord, his God. Verse seven, he goes on. Then he said to Abathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. And so David is in the moment of discouragement. He's overwhelmed. He's going through more than he can handle in the moment. He says, where do I find my strength? I find my strength in the presence of God. He says, bring me an ephod. The ephod was his worship robe. And so this was symbolism in the day of, um, of Israel and says, give me the robe that I put on when I'm gonna worship God. And he said, in that moment is where I found strength. It was in that moment that he began to find direction. He asked God, he said, God, what should I do here? And God showed up and God told him exactly what to do. And they recovered the women and their children and they killed the entire Amalekite army. Can I tell you something? When you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn, you know what you need to do? You need to turn to worshiping God, giving all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your passion, all of your energy to God. If you've been around here for a while, if you know anything about me, I'm a horrible singer. Like I'm the worst singer in the world. And, um, and so sometimes I apologize. I do actually, I need to apologize to anybody watching online um, because sometimes they leave my mic on and they get to experience me singing online. And so I'm sorry if you have watched online and I've been singing, it's bad, okay, church, it's bad. Um, but I love worship. And so when I come into my office at the beginning of the day, you know what I do? I turn on worship music. And I just kind of let it play throughout the day. I walk through the office and I sing. Sometimes the staff looks at me and says, Aaron, stop singing. I don't care. And I just kind of sing and I'll kind of worship. And can I tell you what I've found and discovered in my own life is when I feel overwhelmed in a moment, when I all of a sudden have maybe a decision to make that seems bigger than the circumstances I'm going through, maybe I'm meeting with somebody that's walking through a difficult time and I don't even know the words to say to even bring encouragement to them. I can spend a few moments in worship and I can walk out of that place with confidence. I can walk out of that place with direction because all of a sudden I've had an encounter with the presence of God because I've just began to worship him with all of my heart, all of my soul, with all of my might. And God begins to show up in those moments. You know what happens? God shows up in supernatural ways when we worship him. 
There's a third story, a third encounter. Maybe you've heard of it. Many of you that have grown up in church probably know it. It's the story of Paul and Silas. Here's the context of the story. Paul and Silas are in Rome, and uh, they're doing ministry, and there's this young slave girl that's kind of following them around that has a demon in her. She's possessed by a demon, by a spirit, and Paul and Silas cast the spirit out of the slave girl. And the, the problem, though, was this, is that the slave girl was a fortune teller. And so she had a master that owned her, so this girl was actually trafficked, okay? So trafficking is nothing new. This girl was trafficked by this man, and she told people's fortunes and brought the money back back to this individual. Paul and Silas cast the spirit out of the girl and she can no longer tell fortunes. And so the owner of this girl is mad, he's upset, and he gets the people in the city to turn on Paul and Silas. Here's their story. It says this, it says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Verse 23, they were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. This is a bad day. They're beaten, they're thrown into prison. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were what? This is the worst day of their life. They've been beaten, they're in jail, and it's late at night. They can't probably even sleep. And all of a sudden around midnight, it says they began to sing hymns to God. What did they do? They began to worship. And the other prisoners were listening. Look what happens in verse 26. Suddenly, if you want to suddenly Suddenly moment in your life, you want God to suddenly show up, you, what do you got to do? You need to worship. There was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off in that moment. On the worst day of their life, they learned the secret that I'm hoping that you'll understand today. On their very worst day, they understood that there is power in worship, that God shows up when we worship him because he's looking for people. He's seeking after people who will worship him with all of their heart and their spirit. And so what we see in this story is their worship not only helped them get freedom that day, it helped everyone else around them get freedom that day. Maybe you have some people around you that need some freedom. Can I tell you what you do? You begin to worship God and they may experience that freedom. That's the power of coming together in the body of Christ. When we come into this place, maybe you're lacking some freedom. Maybe you're lacking some strength to get your breakthrough that day, but you get into the presence of God and around people who are worshiping God. And all of a sudden, maybe you begin to find that because you're just in the presence of other people that are worshiping God because God inhabits the praises of his people. And so I want you to see through Three different stories in the Bible where people encounter God and they encounter it through worship. See, I'm a, the father of two amazing boys, Landon and Jackson. They're, they're seven and five. And one of the games that we enjoy playing every once in a while is the game of hide and seek, okay? And uh, in the playing the game of hide and seek with little kids is awesome because they're not very good hiders, first of all, you know? Like, I mean, they go in their bedroom and they get under a blanket and like their butts are sticking up in the air and then you walk into the room and they just start laughing, you know? And, uh, and so they're really easy to find. But often I'll, I'll be the one that goes and hides and I'll say, hey, now you need to come find me. Now, my favorite place to hide in our kitchen is in our pantry. Um, I, if I don't put any more weight on there, I can hide in there for a couple more years, I think. Um, it's a very tight space. 
and, uh, and it's, it's kind of dark in there and, you know, they'll come through and I'll hear them. Because I, I, the reason I like hiding there is I can hear them the whole time. And as they are seeking after me, guess what? They're laughing the whole time. Even though they haven't found me yet, they are laughing. They're just, they're, they're going, dad, where are you? And they're, they're laughing and joking. I hear their little feet running all throughout the house. And then when they finally open the pantry door, I mean, it is like a party. It's like a celebration because I, one, come out and I like scare them. I grab them. I'm tickling them. I'm wrestling with them. And they're like, dad, we found you. We found you, dad. And there's this moment of celebration and joy. Can I tell you what? I think God wants to kind of play a game of hide and seek with us, but he doesn't play the game of hide and seek because he's hard to find. He plays the game because he wants us to experience the joy in it. You see, my kids get the joy of seeking me and then they get the joy of finding me when we play this game. And that's the same thing our heavenly father wants for each and every one of us, that we get the joy of going, God, I'm gonna go after you with everything inside of my life, everything inside of my spirit. And then we get the joy that when we find him and he shows up, it's like, oh man, I got to be in his presence. And so God says, I wanna play this game with you of hide and seek. And I want you to have the joy of seeking me and the joy of finding me. I want you to give your whole life to me. And when you worship me, guess what? There is joy and there is excitement and there is life in those moments. So we can have a life with God that's that exciting. It should be overwhelmingly exciting. Here's how Jeremiah puts it. If you don't believe me, look at this. It says, you will seek me and find me. I'm going to play hide and seek with you. You will seek me and find me. I'm not hard, but seek me and you're going to find me when you seek me with everything in your life. The message version says it this way in that same verse. It says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. When my boys come looking for me, guess what? If I was... If they, if they didn't find me, I'd still be hiding right now in the pantry. But guess what? They find me. Like when they come looking for me, ultimately they're going to find me. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. I mean, is that the position of your hearts? Do you want the presence of God? Do you want the move of God in your life more than anything else? See, what I'm trying to encourage you in today, what I'm trying to tell you today is you've got to go all in with God. Don't do this thing halfway, church. Don't just kind of try to put a toe in the water. Don't just try to go a little ways with God. Man, why don't you just go all in with God? I'm telling you, life changes when you go all in with God. It's more than just showing up to church on Sunday mornings and say, like, go all in with God. Say, God, here's my whole heart. Here's my whole life. With every ounce of energy, with every ounce of passion, with everything inside of me, God, I'm coming after you because that is the amazing journey that God has. And can I tell you something? God is attracted to that heart. He's attracted to the person that says, God, I'm going all in. I'm not partially into this thing. God, I'm not just trying to dip my toe into the water. God, I want everything you have for me. God, I want salvation. I want the fullness of your spirit. I want joy. I want peace. I want purpose inside of my life. God, I want everything that you have for me. So God, I am going all in. And so as we close today, what does worship look like? What does this type of life look like? How do we actually live this type of life out? And so if we're going to talk about worship, we might as well go to the teaching that the one that Jesus gave because he is the one that we're worshiping in the first place. And so here's what Jesus said worship looks like. He, he said it this way in Mark 12. He says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So this teacher thought he's asking a good question. And here's Jesus' response. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, 
the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In verse 30, love the Lord your God with all of your hearts. What does worship look like? Love God with all of your hearts, with all of your soul, with all of your minds, and with all of your strength. What does worship look like? The first is this, is you gotta, if you're gonna worship God, you gotta worship him with all of your hearts and your soul. Everything inside of you. He said, if you're gonna come after me, I need your heart and I need your soul. I need your whole being. And so how do we do this? I worship God by expressing my affection to God. This is how I worship God. I, I worship him by giving him my affection. You see, God is like anything else that you try to love. You know what they want? They want your affection. Like if I told Abby over and over and over again, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But I never held her hand. I never kissed her. I never took her out to eat, took her on a date, never bought her anything. But I told her I love her, but I never expressed it. She's not going to believe that I actually love her. She's going to be like, what, what's that all about? But if I hold her hand, if I let her kiss me, yes, I let her kiss me. You see that? Just kidding. If I let her kiss me, if I take her out, if I buy her things, if I show up in those ways, guess what? I'm expressing my affection to her. That's how you express love. It's more than just the words that I say. It's the expression of my life. And guess what? She'll become convinced that I love her because love is expressed. Can I say this? You can't love God. You can't just say you love God and not give an expression to God. Like you can't just be like, God, I love you, but not actually express it with all of your heart, soul, and spirit because God's gonna be like, do you really love me or is that just something you're saying with your mouth? And we need to be a people that are expressing our love to God. I mean, look at the whole entire book of Psalms, the largest book we have in the Bible. It's 150 chapters. It's all an expression of the love that we are to express back to God. It's 150 chapters of how do we express love back to God. At the very last Psalm, Psalm 150, it says, let every one who has breath, let them praise the Lord. Let them express the love and the joy and the passion that they have for God. Like if you love God in this place today, would you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Come on, would you express it to him today? So all of your heart and soul, it's, it's about affection to God. The second thing we see in that pastor scripture, it's all your mind, all your mind. And, and it's this, I worship God by focusing my attention on God. Not only my affection, but my attention. I'm worshiping God by giving him my attention. That's why you start off your day, recognizing his presence, recognizing his greatness. Maybe you should start off your day having a little bit of quiet time or, or rolling out of bed. You know what I do sometimes in the mornings? I just roll out of bed. I'm like, hey, God, I'm with you today. God, I need you. God, I recognize that you're here. And God, I pray that you would walk with me every step of the way. And we begin to focus our attention on God. And can I tell you what some of you maybe need to break out of is some of you have looked at this checklist of, of worshiping God and you're like, okay, God, I gave you like five minutes in the word and maybe five minutes of prayer today. And okay, we're good. And you've used it as a checklist. Can I tell you what God would probably want more than just a checklist of just spending a few minutes with him? Is that you give a minute here and a minute there and a minute there and a minute there and a minute there. Because that means all throughout your day, guess what? Your mind, your attention is focused on God. Like I wake up in the morning, God, I'm with you today. 
I, I, I walk throughout the day and I walk into an office building. God, I, God, I love you. I worship you. God, be with me today. I'm driving in my car and, and I get the opportunity to express my attention to God. I get the opportunity to, to give him my focus. I look at my bank account and I have an opportunity to go, God, you're so good to me, man. Thank you for the fact that there's actually money in this account to pay the bills that I need to pay tomorrow. God, you're so good to me. And all throughout my day, you know what I'm doing? My attention is focused on God. I, sometimes I walk through the building and, it, and sometimes I'll come in here into the sanctuary and, and I'll, I'll walk through seats and, and sometimes I'll be like, man, God, thanks for sending these people to this church, man. They're so awesome. They're such an encouragement to this church and to the body of Christ. Thank you for the people that come here. God, I'm focusing my attention on you. And we have that opportunity every day in front of us to worship God, but we do it by focusing our attention on to God. The last thing is this, is he says, I want you to worship me with all of your strength. Strength. So it's affection, attention, and I worship God by using my abilities for God. That's how I worship Him. My attention, my affection, my abilities. Like today, I get an opportunity in what I do to worship God through teaching and preaching, just speaking to you. It's, a, it's an opportunity for me to worship God. We have camera operators that get to use their abilities to operate a camera. They're worshiping God. We have musicians on stage today and singers on stage that have the opportunity to, to love God with all of their strength by using their abilities to worship God. We have security people, people working with our kids up front and in the nurseries and, and youth workers. We, we, you get the opportunity to use your abilities to worship God with all of your strength. It's about going, hey, God, whatever you have given me, God, I'm gonna use it and turn it back into worship to you. And God says, this is the type of worship that I want. I want people who are going to love me with all of their heart and soul, with all of their mind and with all of their strength. And what it is, is it's really a lifestyle of worship. It's about every single moment of my day, focusing in and going, God, I'm giving you all of my life. So what do I want for you, church? I know you can have an encounter with God when you become worshipers of God. When you worship God with every ounce of energy and passion inside of you, and when you do that, come and tell you what's gonna happen, you will encounter the presence of God in ways like you have never encountered it before. But there's a part of God, and there's a part of his presence and an encounter with him that you will not experience until you go all in. You say, God, I'm all in with this thing. I'm diving into the deep end. I'm going off the slide. God, I'm going in like I've never gone before. So let me ask you these questions. What do you love most? Because this is about heart and soul. What do you love most? What do you think about most? Heart and soul, mind, what do you think about most? What do I do most? What do you do most? Strength. And the answers to those questions are gonna determine who your God is. It's gonna determine what is your God? What is it that you worship? And maybe in one of these questions, you're like, oh, the answer is God. But maybe there's another one. You're like, ooh, that's, that's not reflecting that. Can I tell you what you need to do? You need to change that. You need to decide, God, I'm going to worship God. Because, man, when God is looking for people that worship him, I want God looking for me. If God is seeking people who worship him, true worshipers, then I want to love him with all of my heart and soul, all of my mind, and every ounce of strength that I have. And when you do, I'm telling you, God will show up. He'll show up in ways that you've never seen him before. If you'll seek him with all of your heart, 
you will experience one encounter after another with God. Like an encounter with God is not just every once in a while. I believe if you seek him with all of your heart, you can experience the presence of God every single day. And when the middle of your most difficult seasons, when the armies are standing all around you and you don't know how you're gonna win the battle, guess what? You can experience God. On the darkest days of your life, when you're discouraged and overwhelmed, you can experience God. In days that you're going, I just don't have an answer. I don't even know where to turn. You can experience God. You can experience him at your home. You can experience him in your car. You can experience him when you gather together as the body of Christ. But you're gonna experience God when you give him every part of your life and you go, God, with every ounce of energy, every ounce of passion, God, I'm gonna worship you. I'm not gonna be worried about what other people think or what other people say. Everything inside of me, God, is turning my focus and my attention to you because God, I want to encounter the presence of a living God. Would you give Jesus Christ one more ovation of praise in this place? Amen. Amen. And amen. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet this morning? Here's what we're gonna do. I wanna pray over you. Like my, my heart, my desire is that you would experience God in ways that you've never experienced him before and that you would encounter the presence of the living God. And so we're gonna sing a song here in a moment. We're gonna have an opportunity to worship God again. I'm gonna have some people that, that'll be up here in the altar. And if you want prayer today, even if, I mean, it may have nothing to do with what we talked about today. Maybe you are discouraged. Maybe there, there's an overwhelming situation. Maybe you have a job situation that you're walking through or you need a job or maybe you're, I don't know, maybe a family, I don't know. Maybe there's sickness, whatever it is. We just wanna have time and space to be able to pray with you because I believe God shows up in these moments and we can have an encounter with the spirit. But for all of us, are we willing to go a little bit deeper? Are we willing to go a little bit further? Are we willing to give God our entire life? You say, Aaron, why have you been teaching about worship so much? Because I believe this is a place that God, that you can experience his presence. More than me teaching you anything else, I want you to experience the presence of God. I don't want you just to get all this head knowledge and, and I share truth with you and you go, okay, I know all about God, but you haven't experienced him. Like I want you to experience him in a very real and practical way. And so I'm gonna ask God just to move in this place, move in your hearts. And I'm telling you, as we worship God in this last song, would you pour out your hearts and your spirit? If you need prayer, we'd love to meet you in this altar this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And God, we just pause for a moment, God, and we just wanna say, Holy Spirit, have your way. God, we need an encounter with you. There's people in this room, there's people watching online. There's people down Connection West. God, they need to encounter the spirit of the living God today. There's people that are overwhelmed, discouraged. God, there's people that have been fighting battles on their own, trying to find the victory, God. And God, I pray, God, just by the spirit of the leading of God right now, just, God, let them know, God, that the victory is already won, God, if they'll just worship you. That God, that you'll go before them, that you'll fight these battles. They don't have to be overwhelmed or discouraged. So God, right now, God, we just commit our whole entire life to you. And God, I pray that we take the opportunity here in these next few moments to pour out our entire life. So let us go all in, God. Let us not hold back today. God, let us not just give you part of ourselves, Lord. God, let us give you every ounce of energy we have. God, let us pour out our spirit in this place and show up. Hallelujah. So if you're here today, Maybe you just need a fresh move of the Spirit of God, maybe through worship. But if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you today. Would you pour out your heart? Would you sing out to God this week today and worship Him? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. 
Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.